Welcome to the Sharp 600, brought to you by Covers.com. I'm Rob Cressy, and I'm super excited to be jamming with you. And joining me later on in the show to get you ready for NFL Week 9 action is senior writer for Covers.com, Patrick Everson. But first, let's do a quick recap of Week 8 and then get to the NFL Week 9 picks. And last week, the dogs were barking. Underdogs went eight and four against the spread, and six of them won outright. Woof. It was another good week for the pod. We went two and one. Uh, our pick a loser was the Lions plus two and a half, who pretty much got crushed by the Colts, which is a victory the entire time. Uh, our get comfortable being uncomfortable better of the week was the Broncos at plus three. And boy, did they find a way to make that uncomfortable. But thankfully, the Chargers know how to charge her, gave up a huge lead, and Drew Locke was able to score a touchdown with no time left on the clock to get us the win and the cover. The only blemish, the big Mick bet of the week, and we actually had two losses. We only had four games we chose, and it was an early one, I believe, on Friday. Minnesota as almost a 20-point favorite lost to Maryland straight up when in double overtime, their kicker missed the extra point. Woof. That was something that I was certainly not expecting there. Not a good loss for Minnesota. And then later on, on Sunday, the one game that actually was the biggest concern was Tennessee who was minus six against the Bengals. They got smoked by Joe Burrow. And the thing that we really talked about was the big concern about Tennessee was their defense or a lack thereof. And certainly uh, that manifested itself. And for me, every week that the Big Mick loses is another um, reaffirmation to why we do this because it is hard to create a winning bet. And we saw two of our four bets this week not win. And these are supposed to be automatic winners. It is not easy. So what we're seeing is there is volatility out there in the market, certainly on the college side of things, a 20-point favorite losing. This is something that's happening on a regular basis. On the NFL side of things, uh, we just need to be careful because once you start getting past those double-digit um, favorites, a lot of the seven points and less by no means are those gimmies. So let's get to my week nine picks, and let's start with the get comfortable, being uncomfortable, bet of the week, and give me the Lions plus four taking on the Vikings. And on an uncomfortable scale, I'm going to give this a Herman Moore, which is an 84, because I feel very uncomfortable about this for several reasons. Um, number one, no Kenny Galladay for the Lions. Lions coming off a huge loss, lost by 20, the biggest loss of the week, which actually is a better thing and is the reason why I'm taking this, because a team coming off a blowout loss, boom, let me back them the following week. And on top of that, we have the Vikings coming off their best win of the season against the Packers. So it is a good spot for Detroit. Um, what does give me some confidence is Minnesota's defense is giving up 22 points or more every single game this season. So we know that Detroit can score and has that opportunity, but the Vikings are hot right now, having covered four of the last five games. But here's the thing. Each of those games they've covered has been as an underdog. Now they're a favorite. That one loss in the last five happened when they were a favorite. The Lions over the last five, 
three and two against the spread. But here's the thing. All of those games have been within four and a half points on the line closing right there. Uh, this line has moved up from three and a half to four. So more people are liking the Vikings here. And I do want to mention one other thing. There is a good live betting opportunity here. And here's a good reason why the Detroit lions are 23rd in the NFL in first half points allowed at giving up over 14 a game. So even though I'm already in on the lions at plus four, the lions are a team that does give up points in the first First half, so there could be an opportunity for you to get a better number. Now, for my pick a loser of the week, give me the Raiders plus one. And the reason for this is simple I'm fading the Raiders coming off a big win taking on the Browns. They won by double digits there. On the flip side, the Chargers coming off a bad loss. I uh, remember. The Chargers are still 5-2 and two against the spread on the season, so they are good for betters. And the Raiders are a team that I still have a tough time believing in. And here's another stat for you that's very similar to the Lions one. The Chargers are sixth in the NFL in first half points given up, um, allowing just 10.3 per game. The Raiders on the flip side, 27th, allowing over 15 points a game. So for me, the narrative is the Chargers do well in the first half, and we all know they blow it in the second half. So just something for everyone to think about right there. So the Raiders for me are my pick a loser of the week. And finally, my big Mick Moneyline Parlay of the Week. Our goal, just to produce a winning bet. And I'm going to keep this nice and simple. I've got a three-teamer that pays out plus 118. Give me the Steelers minus 770 taken on the Cowboys. The Chiefs minus 520 taken on the Panthers. And give me Washington minus 160 at home taken on the Giants. I originally wanted the Giants to be my pick a loser, but you know what? I didn't want to double up. I wanted to give you something else. So I believe that the Washington defense is the best unit on the field. Uh, Washington did lose to the Giants a few weeks ago, but I do believe there's an opportunity for them to bounce back here and win this game and cover because I have no faith in the Giants whatsoever. And before we bounce to Patrick Everson, I do want to give a shout out to everyone because at the end of last week's show, I said, you know what? We had a negative review on iTunes and I would love for you to hop in and let me know what you think. And I was just overwhelmed with the amount of positive support that was been given uh, on the ratings and reviews. So I want to give a shout out to each of you who gave us a five-star review. We got ZLEDUC, Zuladek. We've got Chicago D17, Churn, Scammed Consumer, Boris Yeltsin's Mistress, Trav7713, Wordings Orga, and TL3101. I wanted to recognize each of you for taking the time for not only listening to this podcast, but going on iTunes, subscribing, give us a rating and review because it means so much. And I really took the positive vibes you sent 
to heart because I love doing this for you guys and being part of this community and sharing our knowledge and the way that we think about sports betting and transferring that on the weekends to Twitter. So thank you very much. And what I'm going to do in the, in the preceding weeks is sprinkle some of these reviews at the end of the show and give you some love. So thank you very much. And I would love for you to continue jamming with me on Twitter. Make sure to hit me up at Rob Cressy. And joining me to get you ready for NFL Week 9 action is Patrick Everson, senior writer for Covers.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Covers underscore Vegas. Patrick, great to have you back on the show. Uh, it's good to be on. You do a great job with this, Rob. Thank you. I appreciate it. So we are going to jam about this this week of NFL action. But first, let's briefly talk about the election side of things, because I know you've been pretty deep in this. And there's one narrative that stands out to me. And this is coming from someone that watched zero seconds of election coverage. But it is all about the live betting market, something that I've loved for the NBA and NFL. But people out there could have had an automatic winner in the presidential election. Can you expand on this a little? bit well no question just because of the way everything swung throughout the day yesterday and not only could they have had an automatic winner they could have had an automatic winner at a pretty good price i mean there were points yesterday where you know first the market tightened and started moving towards trump but not trump being favored uh got close and it was kind of you know close on each side and depending on where you were at you probably you might have even had an opportunity there but then Trump goes to, you know, minus 400, minus 500, and, and, and you could have jumped on Biden at significant plus money. And then it tightens again late, late in the night, early this morning. And then in the wee hours, while we're all trying to get a little bit of sleep, at least some of us, um, it shifts wildly back to Biden. So if you jumped at Biden, if you jumped on Biden when he was sitting, you know, plus 275, plus 300, which at some places he was last night. Um, you know, and you previously maybe had uh, a decent, you know, plus 180, plus 200 on, on, on Trump. Um, you definitely could have put yourself in a position to, there were the, as you said, the middling opportunities were there. And honestly, as we talked on Wednesday, you know, depending on how you feel, I don't know how people feel about all this at this point, but there's, there's more there still. I don't, we, we still have no idea how this is going to shake out, but it definitely created opportunities where it would be a win-win situation. So we're seeing such vast swings, which um, I don't know if we're used to seeing this much of minus 500 to minus 400 the other way, because that's pretty much like automatic in both sides. And that seems like a pretty steep market correction, not something that we're typically used to when we're looking at the everyday lines in the NFL. Um, I'm curious if from an election betting standpoint, is this typically how things go or is this sort of an anomaly given what we're currently going through? I think it's an anomaly, but it's an anomaly related to right where we're at. So uh, it, I, this, this, you know, even 2016 was considered as at least among, you know, uh, recent history political elections was considered the kind of the standard bearer for craziness, which was, you know, Hillary was a Hillary Clinton was a prohibitive favorite, and and then late in the day it swung toward Trump, and then it kept swinging and swinging and swinging, and it never came back, and that was it. And that was still, you know, that was considered an absolutely wild day, um, and a and a, and a certainly unexpected outcome. Uh, but this beats that. 
I mean, like you said, you, we've, we've gone from basically Biden minus 200, minus 225, minus 250 yesterday morning, even into late yesterday afternoon to Trump minus 400, 500. Some places I think even got to minus 600 in, in some of these markets. And then you wake up this morning and it's, and it's shifted completely the other way around. I don't, this is a, this is totally an anomaly. And, um, you know, I, uh, I gotta think it's, 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 it's gotta be a wild ride if you're holding tickets to watch this all go. I mean, you think of, uh, you know, everybody posting the meme of, uh, 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 of, of Ted Stryker from Airplane sweating his brains out as he's trying to get that plane down to the ground as you're trying to get that winning ticket in. But think about the odds makers too. This is a real challenge for them. And, and uh, I, I just can't even imagine what, what, uh, what they've gone through as well, trying to handicap this thing in a way that, uh, you know, either, you know, in some cases, you know, reflects the market, in some cases reflects kind of their need where they kind of want some money to come in or not come in. Um, it's, it's, it's a wild ride. It would seem like the odds makers are the ones who are in the worst position here because of the swings of, mm -hmm. we would like to think that they're sharp or that they're using some sort of data and algorithms to create more informed decisions. But I can't imagine that um, this is the sharpest numbers that they've ever put out from a live betting standpoint that would you even want to get involved in this market knowing how exposed you can be? Yeah, that's a really good question. And the thing is, um, gosh, that's a really good question. I think there's, and I, and I'm going to have to ask it myself of, of the odds makers when we get off the podcast here, because I'd be interested to hear their answers to it. It's such a lucrative market though. It's like, I mean, I, they're, you know, Jake Hornigay, the Superbook and Jimmy Vaccaro, Vaccaro here at Southland. I mean, they've told me again and again and again, if this were, uh, you know, in the legal regulated U S sports betting market, it would dwarf the Super Bowl many times over and it's you know so it would be hard to get rid of based on the just based on the volatility of one time here i mean 2016 was kind of volatile but once it swung the other way it didn't swing back and this has been so back and forth back and forth and at every point in between i mean every point in between practically pickums to practically wild favorites on each side and it's just uh, I, I agree it's difficult and it may make them reassess a little bit or try to firm up their algorithms or, or their analytics or what have you, but they'll be back in 2024 for more. I, I, can, I can guarantee it. So here are the two big takeaways that I have that people can actually take action on. Number one, looking for opportunities in the live betting market. It's something that when I'm watching an NFL Sunday, I'm sitting there watching the games and just seeing when scores happen, boom, what's that live line moving to? Because that's where the opportunities are. That's where there's more value. And then number two, line shopping. This is something that with legalization across many states, States in the United States, a lot of us are getting more exposed to having more options there. And you can see other books have different lines on the live betting side of things. So this is really a big opportunity for you to see the opportunity and then look and see where those numbers are off and get the better number. Yeah, I agree. And those opportunities were definitely there in the live betting yesterday. Maybe depending on your line of thought, they're there right now. Uh, you and I are talking just to give everybody some 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 notice. Uh, you know, Wednesday afternoon Eastern time, Wednesday morning, late Wednesday morning Pacific time. So, you know, it just depends on how you look at it, how you analyze these things, and how you want to bet. But, 
But even throw out the analytics, as you pointed out, if you just look and you bother to get on, uh, you know, uh, you know, Trump at plus 180 and Biden at plus 275 uh, or plus 300, you know, you're, uh, you're locked in, you know, something's going to work out well for you in all likelihood. And speaking of live betting, let's get to NFL week nine action. And I actually see a lot of live betting opportunities this week because we've got spreads that are three, three and a half, two and a half, one. And for me, you're going to see higher volatility because depending on which team scores, maybe you're getting more than the three points. Or if the underdog scores first, now all of a sudden you're giving less than three points. So for me, a lot of times I don't like to make my decision pre-game on some of these short spreads knowing that we are going to see a higher volatility no that's a really good point you wait you're better off waiting especially if you have a feel for it you know if you have an opinion but uh you know you feel like you could get a little more value on that opinion if you just sit tight so uh, on on these games that are you know literally field goal games or less and you know bill seahawks is one of those games uh, and as you point out there are several more uh, Ravens Colts we'll have to see what happens there I think that's still off the board there's some COVID there's a lot of COVID issues surrounding the league this week apparently uh but yeah there's there's a few games like that and it's worth sitting and I remember uh last year and again I'm much more of a I'm not a sharp guy I don't pretend to be a sharp guy I'm much more of a public better I'm a guy who likes to have fun with it but I love the in-game element of it to have that fun and I can't recall specifically I think I think I want to say it was it was Raiders at Jets last year and I'm, I may be wrong on this but the example holds just insert two teams here I felt strong I know the Raiders were one side of it and then they were having to go to the east coast and play in the the you know one o'clock eastern game and I felt really good about the other side and I believe it was the Jets if I recall correctly and I was you know as you know and as a lot of people who follow me know I'm super super busy on Sundays it's just a train wreck especially in the morning and I didn't get a chance to get down. Well, the Raiders ended up going down the field and scoring first. And I still felt really good about the Jets. I don't know if it was 3-0 or 7-0. I can't remember. I think it was 3-0. The Raiders went down and got a field goal. So I was, I was like, okay, I'm getting the Jets in-game right now. And I did. And I got, a, I got a better number. And I think that they went on to win like 30-6 to six or something. It was a total route. So um, I had my opinion. I held my opinion. I got myself in a better spot with that opinion. It was a short spread game. It wasn't very much of a spread, kind of like what you're saying with these two and a half or three point games. And then, uh, you know, got better value with the in-game number and, and, uh, and rode that to a win. So I uh, totally agree with you on that. And I think you actually brought up a very interesting point because we all have a lot going on on Sundays from a – fantasy sports perspective, sports betting perspective, families, churches, there's just a lot going on where sometimes you just don't get your action down that you want, or maybe you don't have a total opinion one way or another. And I had that uh, last week with the Rams uh, Dolphins game. It was something that I believe the line was minus three and a half Rams. Yep. And I just yep. didn't feel comfortable to his first game. Not really sure what's going to happen. And I'm, I'm a Steelers fan. So I'm watching Steelers Ravens the entire time. So I'm not paying attention as much to the rest of the board. Um, and all of a sudden here comes the Dolphins up and up and they went up double digits and I saw that the line moved to Rams plus nine and a half. 
And I was like, holy smoke, sign me up for this. But in the sports, in the apps, um, the line was suspended. And next thing I know, two minutes later, it's down to seven. And I was like, oh, man, I don't want to do that. Well, little did I know that uh, Jared Goff would then throw another interception and the Dolphins go up 20-plus points now. That number, I was able to get it 16-and-a-half for the Rams. And the reason I'm saying this is because of one word, patience. As a sports better, you need to be patient sometimes because in the live betting market, you're looking for opportunities. And just because you don't get in pregame doesn't mean you can't have action. And quite frankly, it doesn't have to be just the very first possession because I got in, I believe it was probably halftime of that game. There's so many opportunities where, for me, it was simple. With the Rams down so much, they're going to be throwing a ton. The Dolphins, they're going to be running a ton. Boom, I didn't need the Rams to win I just needed them to not lose by 20. No absolutely and I think I did something similar and I'm kind of looking it up for uh looking it up right now just because I'm trying to remember exactly what I had here but uh it was Alabama a few weeks back I, I can't remember where they which game maybe the Georgia game. game because I was on it yeah I was on the same thing because they were down at halftime right they were down exactly. at halftime and I couldn't I was trying to get in late in the half and didn't and then uh, Georgia added like another field goal or something. And I was able to get an even better on Alabama money line. I was just like, they're not losing this game. And they didn't lose the game. And uh, it, it worked out great. So, uh, you know, in-game offers opportunities. And even if you can't get in in-game, be patient. The opportunity might come back around and maybe even be a little bit better. Right, because in that game, Alabama got to plus money, which you can just yep. write an automatic bet for me if Alabama yep. – Plus money at any point, Alabama, Clemson, the Chiefs. Uh, there's just certain teams that you're going to say, this is just based on sports betting knowledge. Give me an autoplay on this. Exactly. And I, and I did it. I think I actually hit it twice. I was so peeved that I missed the first time. I bet it the second time. And then I thought about, ah, let's throw a few more dollars on there. Why not? Um, and, I, and then I tried to do the same thing last week with Clemson and Boston College. And I just, I couldn't get in, unfortunately, and was not able to get in at any, at any point where I had the time to do it. But I was trying to get on that game at halftime and just couldn't, you know, it, it, you know, sometimes I had two outs and neither one of them were giving me really the options. So, so that's how it goes. But, but yeah, the opportunities are great and it's, and it's a lot of fun. And if, especially if, uh, if you're like me, uh, well, it doesn't matter who you are, but as a public better, it's fun to, to know that big favorite is in kind of trouble and you think well yeah they're in a little trouble but they got a half to go and they're awful talented let's go get this at a much better number than I could have gotten pregame whether it's spread or money line or what have you I think one game that's going to be good for this is Cardinals minus four and a half at home taking on the Dolphins because we're seeing people on both sides of this Dolphins coming off their best win of the season, which for me is an automatic, huh? Be careful here because we like to fade teams who typically are coming off a big win. You've got Arizona coming off a bye here, but we also saw Tua not do much. And a lot of people would be like, wow, Dolphins getting four and a half here after this big win, two is there. Man, this seems like a good opportunity. At the same time, we are seeing action coming in on the Cardinals. I'm curious if you have any thoughts on this. Well, I, I think it's interesting. I, I, this was a game I bounced off uh, the guys at the Superbook, and this is a game that's also been a, a, a slightly impacted by COVID this week. It was off the board for a bit. Um, but when it went up initially, five and a half, and as you noted, four and a half now. So, uh, there's some opinion, you know, the opinion is that, uh, 
uh, is kind of backing the Dolphins. Maybe the, maybe the Dolphins are the, uh, are the public, uh, uh, are the, uh, you know, the one that's charming the public as an underdog this week, the public underdog, if you will. Uh, and that could be the case, especially with the Tua factor weighing in. But, but you know, I, I, I think it's also a spot where you know, Miami got a win that perhaps it wasn't expecting to get uh, against, a Ram, you know, against a pretty good Rams team. And now they've got to travel, you know, all the way out west. It, it feels like a, like a spot that would bode well for the Cardinals. So uh, I, I can see why there's two-way play here. Uh, if I, if you, you know, if I had to make a play on it, I'd be thinking Cardinals. I, I loved the Cardinals at home two weeks ago against Seattle. Um, just thought that was a great spot for them, especially when, because of COVID, it got moved into the Sunday night slot. I, I liked it even better. And granted, probably didn't deserve a win there, but got it anyway. I just liked it. Um, but uh, yeah, this is, this is going to be uh, definitely one of those interesting games. And maybe it even gets a little lower, four and a half, five and a half. Those are all kind of dead numbers with the books just, just waiting to see where the betters are going to take them. Yeah, and you briefly mentioned the Seahawks game this week. We've got Seattle now, three-point favorite on the road, taking on Buffalo. And this is a challenging game from a it's not comfortable betting against Russell Wilson or the Seahawks. You've got the Bills who started off hot, but I feel like people have cooled down on them. And they're a team that traditionally people don't want to root for. They feel like I don't believe in Josh Allen and the grit and culture that Sean McDermott their coach brings to the team isn't necessarily valued by the casual better that um, the bills do have the ability to score points here. And we know that Seattle's defense is not good right here. I believe the number was at two and a half. Now it's at three. Uh, any thoughts on this? Well, this is one that uh, John Murray at the Super Bowl and I discussed back and forth and also one of his assistants there, Eric Osterman. And you're right about that. I mean, the play is the, the public play is going to be the Seahawks here. And it's already there, even on, even as early as Tuesday. And as, as we noted earlier, talking Wednesday, significant parlay money on the Seahawks already. Uh, the totals a big mover haven't gone up. And that was some sharp money early on the over, which I think is kind of interesting, but John Murray, director of the Super book, he said, this will be one of our most one-sided games on Sunday. Uh, it'll be a huge team game for us. The money's going to roll in on Seattle and they're going to need the bills here to your point about people not necessarily uh, believing in or respecting the bills, however you want to, however you want to look at it. So, um, you know, the, if you like the bills, you might want to, you might want to sit, you might, you, maybe you'll get that hook. Yeah, I mean, I think that's certainly what you'd want to do. And I'd also think this could be prime for live betting because we have two very good offenses. So mm -hmm. there could be an opportunity for you to get plus money on both of these teams because if the bills go up, um, I don't think it's out of the question to say that either one of these teams could have a double-digit lead and see that evaporate overnight. Oh, absolutely. Some one of these teams could go up 10 nothing early. Uh, you know, the, the Bills could with, with if they kind of revert to the form that they showed those first few weeks where everybody was pretty high on them. And as we know, I mean, uh, Russell Wilson and, and Seattle, it's just, you know, they could, they, could, they could make moves at any point. They could be up 10 points early and, and you might find yourself in an advantageous spot thinking, okay, the Bills are going to get back in this and you're going to get, you know, much more bang for your buck. 
One of the themes this year, uh, like many other years, has been the haves versus the have-nots. And right now, the Steelers are coming off a huge win over the Ravens. And quite frankly, three straight extremely impressive wins over the Browns, Titans, and Ravens. And here comes a Cowboys team that is straight trash. Right now, Steelers <laughs> 13 and a half point favorites on the road right now. And I know for me, I've been betting against the Jets all season. I've been betting against Kansas all season in college football. And right now the Cowboys seem like they're an auto bet against just because they're the worst against the spread team in the NFL. I'm curious your thoughts on this game, knowing that we've got such a big number and the Steelers are laying it on the road. Right. And it's, and it could be a flat spot for the Steelers just based on some of the results you've, you've cited over these last couple of weeks. And obviously a, a, you know, a very big matchup against the Ravens division rival arch rival for sure. Uh, it just, and now going on the road against a team, nobody thinks much of, and they might even be going with their practice. A guy they just signed to the practice squad last week might be the quarterback. I haven't looked into it on Wednesday yet, but regardless, you're either looking at, uh, you know, a Cooper Rush, somebody I'd never heard of until yesterday, uh, or Ben DiNucci, who basically I hadn't heard of until last week. So it, it, as you know, John Murray at the Superbook, again, he pointed out the public is going to be all over the Steelers, especially on parlays and teasers, teasing that number down to, to, to something more reasonable. The Steelers will be an auto play on everybody's money line parlay just to uh, sweeten that pot a little bit. Uh, you know, thinking it's a guaranteed, you know, win, whether it's a cover or not is another question. But um, John's not sure this goes up anymore because he feels like if it goes to 14, the Sharps, that's just going to be too enticing for the sharp play. And he said, we usually get sharp players that will take the dog with such a big number. Um, but it seems like they're kind of sitting tight for now and seeing if maybe they can get the full two touchdowns instead of just that 13 and a half. So it's a tricky game. And a lot of times when I see spreads like this, um, maybe it's something you wait for in game, but most of the time when I see spreads like this, I'm just like, this is just a stay away altogether. I mean, you just don't know what's going to happen. The, 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 the Steelers could definitely be in a flat spot. Um, and as you said, the, I don't know how you describe it. I think you said the Cowboys are straight trash. Is that what you said? Which is pretty which much, is, which is pretty accurate. Um, and to me, that's just a sign of, I don't think I really want to be involved with this at all, even as a public player. Well, right, because the Cowboys don't instill that confidence as a dog that could potentially win because that's one of the things you would love to see out of a home dog here. On the Steelers' standpoint, this does give me pause from this from um, Mike Tomlin and the Steelers somehow find a way as big-time favorites occasionally to lay an egg where you're like, what in the world has happened there? And for me, immediately, not that I believe in this Cowboys team at any point, but sometimes it's dumb things like turnovers and penalties where the team just isn't as sharp and you lead off the game and you fumble a punt on the five-yard line and all of a sudden Ezekiel Elliott runs in for a touchdown and you almost look at the narrative from that Giants-Bucks game where all right. of a sudden on Monday night you're like, wow, this just doesn't really make sense to me. And for me, I wouldn't overthink this. It would be like, listen, I'm going to bet the Steelers to crush this or I'm staying away. I don't feel a need to back the Cowboys because of value because I saw for years all the value that was on the Browns or all the value mm -hmm. that's been on the Jets this year. For me, yeah. that just does not entice me. No, that's a, that's a really fair assessment, I think. And, you know, steel, you know, a, a Steelers are no play. And like you said, and, and Tampa was definitely guilty of this last week. And, and, and as you pointed out, Pittsburgh is, has done this 
in spots previously under Tomlin where they're playing to the level of the competition, I think is perhaps uh, you know, a good way to put it. And, you know, therefore, you might want to look the other way. I mean, I don't think they're the other way as in don't bet it unless, like you said, you feel really good about the Steelers continuing to maintain an even keel and not see this and, and not be in a flat spot this week. So, Patrick, were there any other games or line movements or things that you've heard from the market that you wanted to jam about before we bounce? Well, let's see here. I'm looking over, my, looking over a couple of my notes that I sent out to see uh, what's been kind of the big movers this week. So give me a moment to scroll through this, and I'll tell you, because uh, I've been so neck deep in the election that uh, – well, I'll tell you what. There have, been, there, there have been a lot of interesting moves on the, total, on the totals this week. Um, sharp money, as I said, on the over in that Bills, Seahawks-Bills game, which pushed that up. I'm not sure where it is right now as I speak, but that's up like three and a half points, which I thought was kind of – uh, surprising and uh, you know a couple of other totals have been kind of interesting well as well but I'm scrolling through to give you just the latest updates for your for your wonderful listeners of the uh, of the sharp 600 and Steelers Cowboys I don't as you said that's straight trash let's just uh, let's 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 skip that one but uh, you know that that but the Saints Bucks game is interesting I mean uh, the, the Bucks may have done a little bit of looking ahead this past week and this game was, uh, was one that opened four and a half and got up to five and a half. And again, those are kind of deadish numbers, but that was the, you know, the indications of where the market was going. And, uh, the, you know, the, they're, they're seeing at the Superbook, they're seeing a good amount of public money on the Saints uh, when it got to five and a half. So that's why they moved back to five. Again, even though that's kind of a deadish number, the public seemed to, seemed to like backing Drew Brees there. So I feel like that's kind of interesting because there's a narrative out there, and I'm sure you and all your listeners have, heard it um you know that you know drew Brees's arm isn't there this this team isn't you know this team isn't all that and they struggled to get to you know to get an overtime win against the bears so uh i think that one's going to be an interesting one to look at i don't know where i fall on it but uh uh it's it, it it's definitely kind of interesting well, it's actually a great live betting game because could you see either one of these teams winning 100%? I completely agree with you on the Drew Brees dead arm narrative. It's something that has been there this entire season. I haven't exactly been overly impressed by the Saints, but there's one thing that I'm noticing about some of these teams that are good is you hear, but they're only winning by dot, 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 this amount of points, one, two, three, five, whatever. But here's the thing. Look at the difference between the Saints or a team like the Chargers. The Saints find a way to win in overtime versus the Bears by three points. The Chargers find a way to lose these games. So for me, so often um, what separates the good teams from the bad teams is the teams who are able to win in close games. And right now the Saints may be one of those teams, albeit not sexy, who can find a way to hang in or keep it close or win these close games. So for me, I don't discredit teams that are winning winning by smaller margins because that's really what the difference is in the NFL. Right. And, and as you pointed out, it might lead to an in-game opportunity. If they're good at finding ways to win, then you might get an in-game opportunity where you can do uh, a little, where you get a, a little bit better numbers. And to your point on the chargers that those odds were cut in half almost immediately. The chargers went up minus three, but it was, but it was late in the, the, the their game against the Broncos had not yet ended when that line went up. And it got cut in half like immediately. It's like, okay, this team just blew basically a 21 point lead and can't finish, can't figure out a way to put teams away to, 
to step on the throat. Uh, whereas, as you pointed out, rightly, uh, even though the Saints got uh, pushed overtime there at Chicago, they they you know they're still they're tied for first in their in their division with a chance to be solo first if they can uh, if they can win this week. Patrick, really enjoyed jamming with you, and you're someone that I highly recommend everyone follows on Twitter because you certainly have your pulse on the sports betting market across the board. Where can everybody connect with you? Uh, you can find me at covers underscore Vegas on Twitter, and I appreciate that. And, uh, of course, plenty of, uh, plenty of content at covers.com. And I want to hear from you. What is on your NFL week nine card? Do you have a pick a loser, uncomfortable bet or big Mick Moneyline parlay of the week? You can hit me up on Twitter at Rob Cressy. Make sure to use hashtag sharp 600 and be part of our community and also make sure to tag at covers. And I want to give another shout out to everybody who gave us a rating and review on iTunes. It really helps a ton. And I want to give uh, a shout out or read one of them. This one comes from wordings Erga, five stars. It says, great pod. In 2020, Rob is cooking. No better is going to get 100%, but I really like the variety of the football bets and the thought process. Big Mick is my fave when he plays a big money line parlay to get close to even money or sometimes plus. His guests are knowledgeable, like you, Patrick. Though because I don't know them as well, I don't follow their lead. Just stick with Rob. Keep it up. Thank you so much, Wordings Erga. I really appreciate the love and being part of our community. And remember, you want to be a sharp, don't be a square with your bankroll. Be disciplined with your money management. The book of the devil hits you with the rap level of 10. The one, two, three, your pen. I get action. So everybody jump with your rope. If you like the way the sound pump, pump it in your black trunk. And let loose with the juice when I do rock. I'm too hot. Some say I got more juice than two pops.